0: I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Video we play at every Freedom Conference, and uh, I'm not going to be long because I know Tasha's been boiling to get this word out. So we're going to get her right on up here. For those of you who don't know who this is, maybe tuning online, uh, you're going to be. T- My name's Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church. We welcome you tuning online with us. Wish you'd have been here in person, but I uh, want to go ahead and introduce you, a friend of mine for I don't know how many years now, Tasha. It's been a while. It's been a while. So, uh, but uh, Tasha Hart. She's an author. She's a speaker. And she's got a word from God tonight for the house. So come on down, Tasha. Well,
1: welcome everyone that's online and welcome everyone that is here with us today. And it's good to see many of you for like the second or third time. I feel like every time I come, it's just another time I get to spend with extended family. And you guys probably heard me share that before. I really do. Once I meet you, you're family. I'm a hugger. (laughs) And I'm um, just... I love being with God's people, and it doesn't matter what side of the planet that is. If if you're here, you're here for a reason, and you're here for a purpose. And thank you to um, Pastor Brett and, of course, Pastor Trenton um, for inviting me back because obviously I didn't mess up too bad the last time. <laughs> so you never know. I, I just go with it. And so, anyway, I, this has been stirring. And so, if I get a little shook up, it's because it's just been. On my heart and in my spirit for weeks, I I had to stop. I do a broadcast online, and there was a couple of times I almost started preaching the message online, and I was like, I had to stop myself uh, because it was meant for you all tonight, and everyone else has to wait. And and that's just just how God moves. Sometimes he has a message for a specific group of people, and, and it's for such a time as this. And I believe that for this group tonight. I believe that this is what the Lord has shared with me and wants me to share with you. So just to give you a little background, I use puzzles, puzzle pieces for biblical analogies. Um, People use those analogies for practical life application. I talk about it all the time to the point most people call me the Puzzle Lady. That's just kind of my nickname now, and I've embraced it. But I can't take credit for that. Um, It's just something that the Lord showed me back in 2014 now. 2014. Um, It's actually the name of my first book. Uh, My first book was titled puzzle to purpose and it it you know i'm not going to take up time tonight to share how the lord brought that to me because i never thought about writing a book or doing all those things and i'm thinking not me surely not me and it just kept coming you ever have that where god just keeps pushing you to do something and you're not sure it's for you and then of all things puzzles puzzles so anyway I'm going to use some of that tonight and share with you. So before I get into the message, I just want to give you a little bit of background on the puzzle pieces so you can follow me a little bit. And you guys stay with me online. Okay, there are three main puzzle pieces that I talk about. There's the edge piece. So any of you that have put jigsaw puzzles together, if you're like me, I pull all those edge pieces out first and I put those together. And then... I start working um there's corner pieces. So the corner pieces are kind of like edge pieces, but they're not. They're not the same. And then there are center pieces. And center pieces are the majority. <laughs> center pieces, they are if you are in a corporate setting, center pieces are usually the majority of the people that make up that group. And so that's why In any group setting, you have to know who your edge pieces are, who your center pieces are, and who your corner pieces are. And so I'm going to use some of that terminology tonight, and I just want you to have that tucked in the back of your mind. The scripture reference that I'm going to start out with tonight is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I'm going to start out with verse 1 that says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread Rapidly, and in another translation, it says, May have free course, so the word may have free course and be honored just as it is with you. And then it continues on, and I'm going to snag my Bible for just a second, and hopefully, I'm going to read the rest of that. So, 2nd Thess- Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it is with you, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. The reason that scripture is so important is because Paul is talking to the Thessalonians and they've been out there doing the work. How many of you have been out there doing the work? I mean, it's a struggle every day and it's not doesn't look like it's getting any better. We've been out there doing the work. Well, Paul and his men were doing the work, and they were writing to the Thessalonians, and they were saying to do these things. They were saying, Pray that we may be delivered from evil and wicked men. Does anybody feel like we need to be delivered from evil and wicked men right now? Not everyone has faith. He said that. Not everyone has faith. Yet, does it seem like everyone's proclaiming to have some type of faith or some type of truth? But it's not the truth that Paul was talking about. So he was telling the men, he was telling them, we need to be delivered from these wicked men. And then he says, but the Lord is faithful. Even among these times that they were in, the Lord is faithful. He was quick to remind them of that. He said, the Lord will strengthen you and the Lord will protect you from the evil one so continue to do the things that i command so i want to talk tonight about position i want to talk about your position and of course i like using puzzle analogies so if you have ever put a jigsaw puzzle together and i explained what those pieces mean there is a position for every single piece that position was already determined when the picture was created. So there's no guesswork. It might take some time. It might take some moving around. It might take some sorting out. When I'm putting a puzzle together, the first thing I do is start sorting pieces. Even when I'm putting the edge pieces together first, that's still sorting. But sometimes when I'm sorting things out, other people or other pieces feel like they're neglected. Because they're sitting in the box waiting for their turn. It can feel a lot like neglect. But let me assure you, they have a position just as well. So I'm going to read the definition of position. It's a place where someone or something is located or has been put. It's a particular way in which someone is placed or arranged. So this isn't just a half hazard. It's not something that was done randomly. It's a particular place. You were created for a specific, particular position. And it is not by accident. It's not just, um, like I said, haphazard. It is with design. So I wanna talk about, we're gonna set aside position for just a moment, and I wanna talk about war. It's not something we really like to talk about, but I, I just, just go here with me for a moment. The object of war, is to have victory. But how do you know you've had victory? How do you know that you have the victory? How do you know the war is over? You have to occupy space. That's how you know you have the victory. Usually it's one side against another side trying to occupy and Pastor talked about this. Pastor Trenton talked about Occupy this past Sunday. Yeah. You have to occupy space to have the victory. So even though there's victory, even though we have the victory, the Bible says we have the victory, right? Everybody agree. We have the victory. But what happens when some of the enemies have fled and they're hiding? We have the victory, we're occupying the space that we have conquered, that Jesus Christ went to the cross and conquered for us, and now we are the remnant, we remain, we are in position, but there are some of our enemies who have fled. That happens in real war. Sometimes it takes a while for the enemy to get the memo that the war's over and we won. They're hiding. And I think this is where Christians get so confused because you think, and I've thought it too, that just because Christ died and, and the war's over and we have the victory, that we don't have to still deal with some of those enemies that haven't got the memo yet. That is the war I'm talking about. We've got enemy enemies that are on our territory that are trying to occupy our victory. And I want to challenge you today to get in position, press in, and occupy your victory. So, we know we've got some enemies. The The devil is very good at what he does. I'm not saying the devil is good, but he's no dummy. We can make jokes, and we can draw the little pictures and we can make fun and we we can make him seem like he's nothing but that's not the truth of it christians need to start telling the truth they need to start admitting how they're really feeling they need to start declaring the truth and sharing that with the father he knows he knows we have an adversary who doesn't understand who's not going to give up just because we have the victory He's going to keep coming out of hiding and attacking wherever he can and here's what I have noticed here's what I've seen I think that Christians think that just because we're not behind the bars we're still not in prison and we've gotten comfortable with being prison guards we want to point fingers We want to tell uh, the person behind the bars how bad they are. Look what you did. I'm free. I'm, I'm out here. I'm on this side of the bar. Yeah, I have a different perspective, but I'm spending the majority of my life looking at the same bars you are. I'm still inside the prison. And guess what? The enemy could care less. He could care less if you spend the rest of your life being the prison guard. You're still not in position. You're not free. You're no more free than the person on the other side of the bars. But we've convinced ourselves that it's the same thing. You know, I get to choose what I'm having for dinner tonight. Woo-hoo. You know, that, that's how we treat it as Christians. And that's not the same thing. That's not the kind of life that our Christ died for, that Jesus died for us to have the abundant life, was not to be prison guards. Our adversary is cunning because he's convinced a lot of Christians that it's okay to just settle and die as prison guards. You've done your job. You've Bible-thumped enough people and put them behind bars. Bravo. So what does a modern day, what does the modern day prison look like for us? Because obviously I'm not talking about an actual prison. So what does it look like? Today's prison for, for Christians is two phrases. I can't, and I have to. I've heard this way too much, and this has sat on my spirit to the point of tears. I'm tired of hearing Christians say, I can't, and I have to. You know how many people, how many Christians, Bible-believing, grew up in the church? Christians have fallen into the I can't, and I have to trap of the world I can't. I might lose my job. I can't. I might not be able to make my house payment. I have to. They might do something to my kids. I can't. I have to. Who are you? Who are we? Are we not the children of God? Are we not the ones that Jesus came and died for and now we have the victory? Why are we not occupying the land and taking over and putting the enemy in his place when he decides to come out of hiding? Instead, he comes out and he finds little points of access into our lives and then we think we have to be here by ourselves and fight these battles by ourselves and a picture like that will never come together no puzzle piece no one piece can complete the picture alone we need each other we can't do it by ourselves second timothy chapter three i thought this was interesting that god took me to second thessalonians chapter three verse one through five and then, just the next chapter later, a couple of chapters later, Second Timothy. So you got Paul. Remember what I read in the beginning? Paul that was saying, "Hey, pray for us. We're under uh, enemy attack, but God is strengthening us. And don't fall short. Continue to press through." Well, then fast forward, chapter two of um, uh, chapter Second Timothy, chapter three, verses one through five. Same set of scriptures. Exact same reference. I just thought that was so cool. Uh, God is showing something else here. Paul is talking again to fellow believers. This is believers he's talking to. Fellow believers. And this is what he says. But mark this. Another warning. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash. These are not nice words. Conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. But denying its power. And then he ends with have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. Now, why did he use the word terrible? Why did he use the word terrible? Because they had that back then. They had people that were unforgiving, that were treacherous, that were boastful, that were... So why did he say in the last days it will be terrible? Why did he say in the last days it's going to be bad? And it's like, Paul, it's bad now. (laughs) That's, you know, it's bad work. It's bad in the time you're living in. So why, fast forward, did he see that this was going to be the time where it was going to be terrible and here's Paul in Second Timothy about to have his head chopped off. And yet he's saying in that moment, it's going to be even worse for you all. Like, I'm good. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, really? How is that? How is that? Uh, but it's going to be worse later? Terrible? Such a strong word. And here's Why? It's that last part of that scripture reference in 2 Timothy where it says having a form of godliness because the majority of those words that he was using wasn't against the lost. He was talking about believers. He was talking about Christians. He was talking about that's why it's going to be harder for you in the future. That's why it's going to be so terrible because even though they were fighting against the law, and people that just didn't know any better, you're going to fight against people that know better and don't care. There will be terrible times in the last days. It's the believer that's growing weak. And that's why Paul was saying, have nothing to do with them. Stay strong. God is faithful. He was giving those warnings because believers they they come into knowing these are people that already knew and decided they knew better in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 through 5 it says for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine instead they'll continue to find the word of god for themselves they'll find people that will tell them what they want to hear They'll come up with their own doctrine. And I've got 2 Timothy. I want to read it. Let me think. Here it is. Okay. This is 2 Timothy. I've got to read it. It says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers. Do you know any pastors that won't even call themselves pastors? They're motivational speakers now. Everyone's a guru. Everyone's a teacher, but they won't even claim the title of pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher. They don't want to get close enough. They want to have a form of godliness. But they deny the power thereof they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths but you keep your head in all situations endure hardship do the work of the evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry that's verse five so again the enemy is good at what he does he's no fool He's going to keep attacking. He's going to keep trying to find a way in. When I was little, I used to play hide-and-seek. I actually still do. Ask my sons. You know, I, I'm still trying to earn cool mom points. So <laughs> we, we still play hide-and-seek. We play tag. And when I was little, I would play, you know, we'd play hide and seek or tag. And so the whole thing was we would find a place that was safe, you know, that was base. And if you could get to base, you were safe. So we would, you know, the person that was it would, hide, you know, close their eyes and count to whatever. Sometimes it'd be 100. Sometimes it'd be like 900, you know. Uh, and then we would all run off and hide. And then the goal was to come out of hiding when you thought it was safe enough to get to base. And then when you got to base, you spent the rest of the time taunting the person that was out there chasing everybody and trying to get them to go the wrong direction, mislead them, whatever you got to do so you can get the rest of your friends home and start all over again. Good times. (laughs) But here's the thing. What I learned as I got older, that worked when I was a kid. You could tell me anything. I'd be out there running all day, and they would laugh because I was one of the younger ones, and my cousins, I couldn't catch them, and so they would be safe over and over again. But then I got smart, and I realized that if I got in the right position... I didn't have to chase anybody. They had to get around me to get to base, and I didn't have to go anywhere. And you know what they would say? That's not fair. That's not fair. That's exactly what the enemy does. He distorts the word of God, and then when you come at him with the truth, he says, that's not fair. How dare you come at me with the truth? You mean I can, and I don't have to do what the enemy says? I absolutely can. You can. You can defy what the world is telling you you have to do. And watch how your God will move. Watch how our God will move. We just have to be willing to get in position. So I want to show you something, I want to illustrate something for you. Okay, I confess pastor trenton asked me if i had a powerpoint and like if i wanted to do all the digital stuff but i grew up with flannel boards (laughs) and my grandmother was my sunday school teacher and she smoked so some of those disciples had interesting voices so (laughs) yeah but but she was good we learned a lot but anyway um i want to show you something talking about position real quick Okay, so if I have a jigsaw puzzle, and these are puzzle pieces, which they're not. (laughs) I've got horrible, I'm doing this for the sake of time. Okay, I can draw, by the way. But anyway, so this is my jigsaw puzzle. What tends to happen with us in position is that the enemy looks for openings. He looks for access points. And what happens in the body of Christ is that we get so excited we become cheerleaders before we have a border of protection around our space, around our victory. Did you know you need edge pieces around your victory? You need those people that are gonna hold up the border of the victory God has given you on your job, on your family, in every area of your life. Where are your edge pieces? Where are the people that God's sending to your life to create that border? They need to be in position. But what we have is our centerpieces, and there's always more of them. And they usually show up first. Centerpieces usually show up first, and then we quit looking for our edge, and then we wonder why the picture is never complete. Everyone's still searching for their purpose. Everyone's still searching. Everyone's still trying to go after. Everyone's still grasping instead of occupying. Did you know that you can put pieces around your victory and occupy your space, occupy your victory? Close those gaps. You can do it for marriage. Who are the people that make up the border around your marriage? Who are the people, the pieces that make up the border around your children? Who are they? I think something that's really cool is um, Pastor Trenton and, and Pastor Brett, they actually put people in place around their kids, pieces, strategically. Um, I I have lots of fun hanging out and texting and all that with the girls, but it's because their parents put pieces in place so they would have godly people to text and talk to brilliant that's another way of putting pieces in place so they might want to share how their day going you know and we get to talk about birds and puzzle pieces and all kinds of stuff but anyway the point is where are the pieces around your victory because this is what the enemy does he tells you that you have no position that you're Peace doesn't matter. You're one little piece. We are all one little piece of God's kingdom, and it doesn't matter. That's what the enemy tells us. But do you know that just by you being out of position, out of place, that you have redirected the path of all the pieces around you? Did you know that just by you pressing in and getting into position – now the pieces that have been waiting, they've been moving around, they've been sorted, they've been shifting, they can look now and see how firmly you're planted and say, oh, I, look, I think I belong next to you. I think that's where I belong. But until you press in and you press in and you press in and we get connected, there's a whole lot of pieces out there waiting on us to press in. And they're never going to find their fit and they're never going to step into their position and their calling and their purpose because we're just letting the enemy just keep telling us that our position doesn't make that big of a difference and there's these broken pieces and so in ephesians 4 27 it says neither give place or position to the devil so how do we as believers give place or our position to the devil We do it by not letting go of our hurts and our wounds, by not acknowledging our wrongs. We have a lot of Christians that won't even say sorry. I mean, seriously, I've got Christians, friends and family members that and I've done it too. you know, get me on the wrong day, cut me off in traffic and watch how quick (laughs) I'm not willing to let go of some wrongs. Um, Unforgiveness. It's always the yeah, but, but, yeah, but. Is that worth giving up your position and your victory? Is it? Judging others' grievances, being the prison guard. I talked about that earlier. Being satisfied, being the prison guard, demanding our rights. We've gotten really good at that in America. But I'm telling you, our worst day with gas at 7 and 800 trillion dollars is still better than half the world on their best day you ever been out of this country i mean come on we say what you want we live in the best nation on the planet why do you think everyone's trying to get here and yet he gave us a position We don't just get to occupy this space without putting in work, without pressing in, without standing firm. There's a cost. There's a cost. We have to cut off all access points. Because conflict will escalate. And that escalation is what causes the gaps, causes the pieces to say, you know what, my piece really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I show up. Doesn't matter if I get in position. No one's counting on me. There are people that you may never see face to face, but until you get in position, they won't get into their position. It's that big of a deal. So Luke, I'm going to read through these real quick. Luke chapter 17, verse 3, it says, If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Move on, get over it, let's go, let's get to the next thing. This is next level freedom ministries, freedom church. Let's get to the next thing, let's get to the next level. Do you know how you do that? You have to forgive and get on with it. There's a lot of Christians that are not getting on with it. They say they've forgiven you, but the following week, there's a little tension in the room and they're still acting a little funny and they still, you know, say you might owe them something. I mean, there's strings attached to everything. Can we not just get on with it? First John 4.4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Notice it did not say dominions. Do you ever wonder why Christians say that they claim dominion over something? It's the one area the enemy does not have access to. He doesn't have dominion. Did you realize he does not have dominion? Christians, he does not have dominion over you. It says right here in Ephesians 6.12, we struggle, but we're not overcome by it. We might struggle against what? Not flesh and blood, against rulers. So the enemy has rulers. He has authorities. He has powers of this dark world. He has spiritual forces. He doesn't have dominion. That's ours. And if we get in position, we can claim dominion over our finances, over our family, even over the gas pumps. (laughs) I went to a retreat in Gatlinburg a week ago. It should have broke the bank. I got there and back, and you would not believe cost me less than $100 in gas, there and back. It was amazing. It was just, it might have been in the middle of nowhere. I would get off the exit and I'm like, really, Lord? Okay, (laughs) glad I have my gun permit. But anyway, (laughs) but I was finding cheap gas. And then I had people that were blessing me along the way that I didn't have to go out of my way. They were like, you know, if you go this way, it'll get you there quicker. Really? save me 30 bucks in gas thank you the lord will provide if you claim dominion you don't have to fall under whatever's coming we don't have to participate in recessions we don't have to participate in um government hikes of whatever start praying it and taking dominion over your life get in position i'm gonna wrap up promise I'm not going to have three closes. Um, I might be pronouncing this wrong, but tapos or "topus," T-O-P-O-S. It's a Greek word, and it means a specific marked off geographical location. It's a territory, a province, it's regions, it's a zone or a geographical position that we as Christians have access to, that we can claim dominion over we have tapos. we have dominion but you have to occupy your victory you have to get in position you have to know how to stand firm in that position and i said on my broadcast this week it wasn't part of this message so it didn't count but a lot of christians are standing by and they're not standing firm they're standing by and they're watching everything happening and they're saying, you know, maybe it'll get better. Maybe that large pastor. Well, that's that's such a bad thing. I didn't mean large. I meant, um, you know, maybe that mega pastor will will make it happen. You know, he'll take care of it. Or maybe my pastor or teacher or you're waiting on Pastor Brett or Pastor Trenton to pray it away. But it's our job. It's your job to pray over your kids. It's your job to pray at work. It's your job to take dominion. You know, uh, Jesus, he did what he's going to do. And then he handed us the keys and said, Now, go deal with those enemies that fled when we had the victory, and they're hiding, and they think they're going to come out, and they haven't got the memo yet. Go deal with them. That's why we're still here. Because there's people that need to know that we won. And they have position in the kingdom of God. And no enemy, no devil on this planet can stop that if they get in position. So Galatians 1.4 says, Who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. It is his will that we are in such a time as this. I've heard a lot of Christians also say, you know, this is the worst generation ever. This has got to be the worst time in history. This has got to be the most awful, you know. Whatever you come up with, I'm sure our family, if you go back a few generations in the 1920s, would come up with a few better ones. Just go back. Every, every generation has had its tough times and they probably thought the same thing. Oh, this is awful. This is the worst it's ever been. But you're here. You and I are here. So it can't be that bad. Right? Give yourself some credit. We are children of God. And we're here for this time. I was reading that scripture With Paul talking to um, the believers in the church at Thessalonians, and he was saying, You know, it's going to be so terrible then. You know, that was in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He was saying, It's going to be so terrible in the last days. It's going to be so terrible in the future. And we're in the future. So that means God must have known we were built for this. I mean, Paul, he was good. He was good. I'm not knocking it. Abraham, you know, when we get to heaven, i am like, what's up? I was there when it was terrible. I was there. You were there. You know, when we get to heaven, they are going to be so excited like you made it. They are cheering us on. If we could, if we could, um, my pastor says, uh, Pastor Eddie, he says, you know, heaven's always in worship. And it's just like if you were to turn the dial on a radio. I grew up in that era, too. I'd sit out in the backyard. My grandfather had a garden, and we'd turn the radio on, and we would just listen to music. But sometimes he'd have to turn the dial a a little while before we picked up a station. Well, that's what's going on. Heaven's always in worship. Heaven's always moving. Did you know they're still learning in heaven, too? So if they're still learning up there, what makes you think we've got it all figured out down here? Get in position and take someone with you and encourage them to get pressed in. So I'm going to read that last scripture, the same scripture I started with. 2 Thessalonians, finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly. Or some translations say may have free course. Can we do that? Can we pray? Can we pray that the word of God, the truth of his word, not the truth of this world, not giving in to what the enemy has planned, but the plans that God has for us. Can we pray that so that the word of God can rapidly go forward and have free course and be honored just as it is with you? I, um. I love God. I grew grew up in church. I'm so thankful for the family that I have. We come from a long line of pastors, teachers, preachers, singers, you name it. I slept on the pews. In fact, I went home. I'm originally from Indiana. I went home, and the same pews I fell asleep on, they're still there. Same covering. I'm like, man, not a tear in the seat. It's like, how do those things hold up so long? About the only thing that changes are the ceiling tiles because they get watermarked. But uh, everything's the same. Piano's in the same spot. Everything's the same. Uh, And I'm so thankful. You know, you don't realize it when you're younger. And I'm saying this because you have young people that you're connected to, grandkids, nieces, nephews, your own kids. They're not going to forget. Train them up in the way they should go. They will return to it. It won't be return void. And I'm gonna, this isn't, this is the final close. I don't know if that all counts. That's all one close, <laughs> one close. Um, real quick, I've got this puzzle piece here and there are marks on it, colors, shapes, that make absolutely no sense until you press it in, until it gets in position. We each are so unique, yet we're all pieces of the same body. We're all pieces of the same kingdom. And our uniqueness and our purpose and our design is not going to make sense until we get in position, until we get pressed in. You're not going to have the perspective that you need to, uh, the plans that God has for you. Watch how fast it accelerates and exposes the enemy because the enemy tries to hide. I've put puzzles together and a piece from another box shows up. Don't ask me how. I blame it on my husband. I'm like, you moved it. You had to move it. But it'll end up in the wrong place, and I won't know it until I start pressing pieces in. And then I'm like, this doesn't belong here. That's exactly what happens with the enemy. When you get in position, it will expose him. It will expose him, and you'll be like, you don't belong here. And then you know what you do with them? You take them to the king. You say, look what I found hiding out on our territory where i've taken dominion because i was made for such a time as this and i'm occupying my victory lord what do you want to do with this uncircumcised philistine that's what i want to encourage you to do today pastor trent
0: I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there, puzzle2purpose.com, the number two, puzzle2purpose.com, or you can get her book, Puzzle to Purpose, on Amazon and places if you want to read more about what she's got to say about puzzle pieces, So, uh, and it was a good book. I have read it, so uh, she comes in a unique way, so thanks, Tasha. We're going to have some prayer time, though, so you can hang out. Um, Brett's going to get the music going. Um, here's what I want you to do. If you got your index cards those of you that's got them and you've got questions and you've got them written down probably right after prayer time we're going to collect those uh in a basket up here probably and i'm going to have the youth help me out jasmine and taylor when it comes to that so and they're going to collect those so make sure you get your questions on paper and we are going to have our q a session here at the end so girls can you come and get but uh if you're tuning online now that i'm holding a dry erase board Thank you so much for joining with us. God bless you. Come visit us in person, 1225 OK Pro, Jackson, Missouri. We'd love to meet you and your families and pray with you about whatever needs you may have going on in your life right now. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.